Hello friends, good to meet you again on this wonderful Sunday. Uh, last week we looked at Luke chapter 4 and uh, that's the clash of the kingdoms, it's the temptation of Jesus and Luke 4 is where Jesus stands up and he reads Isaiah 61 and it's the mandate that's given to him, it's the mandate that's given to us to set the captives free and to declare the favourable year of the Lord and so I'm just wondering how that's going for you, whether you've been experiencing that this week uh, in your own life and through your life. I just want to share a little story here that happened to me straight after I recorded that message. I went back to my house and I went to see a neighbour in our townhouse complex about an issue to do to do with our complex, you see. So I knock on the door and say, how are you doing and everything? And so I'm chatting away to this lady. As it turns out, I, I mentioned something about uh, someone who was depressed in the course of conversation, talking about the COVID-19 and all this kind of stuff. And I chanced to mention this other person and, and this lady retorted immediately. She said, oh, gee, I'm feeling depressed. And so I, I, I didn't go any further. I sort of avoided the issue that I went around there to talk with her about. And, and you know what? I was just amazed. Uh, so she starts to tell me and I, I, I lent in a little bit and asked a couple of questions. And uh, then I said, are you, a, are you a spiritual person? And uh, she said, oh, not really, mate. And, uh, and so I just gave a little bit of a testimony about what it means to, to know Jesus, just very briefly. And then she kept, she kept coming back at me with, with where she was at. And what was coming out of her mouth was almost like what was written in Isaiah uh, 61. She was saying, I feel oppressed. I feel broken hearted. Uh, my, my, and she used some very colourful language, which I won't use today, but, but the, the short version is my, my life's really crappy and why is it like that? And uh, if God really is there and cares for me, why is my life such X, Y, Z with all these wonderful descriptions that she was using? And so uh, it was a great opportunity. So I just kept leaning in and listening to her and then feeding back. And I, I said to her, I said, uh, I said, Dawn, uh, just look at me. And I said, you are the perfect person that Jesus loves because he came for the brokenhearted, the oppressed, the downtrodden. And you've been telling me that's how you feel. And she says, oh, mate, I've done some really crappy stuff in my life. I'm not sure that I'd be good enough for that. And, and of course, Jesus welcomes us right where we're at. So that's my story. I, I was kind of shocked because that was straight after I was giving that message and reading about Isaiah 61. I'm going to go around and follow her up and just keep leaning in and listening to her and, and uh, letting her know that we're praying for her as well, that she would discover the Saviour. So uh, what's happening around the world? Last week I said I'd tell you a few things that are going on. I have a friend of mine who lives in Jordan in the city of Amman. They had the most harshest lockdown out of all the COVID-19 lockdowns in the world. They had about a couple of million Syrian refugees on the north border. So they locked the whole, the whole country down tightly. City of Amman, people were not even allowed out of their doors for, for quite a period of time. And the government said, we'll bring food to your door. That's how severe it was. And um, one of my colleagues who's in ministry saw a man from her balcony sitting in the street, weeping, an old man. And she thought, what's going on here? So she went downstairs and went outside and sat beside this old, old Arab man. She speaks beautiful Arabic, this, uh, this uh, girl that's there. And, she, and the old man says, we've got no food. They've overlooked us. 
and he's just bearing his heart to her. Long story made very short. What happened was the, uh, this friend of ours and others in the same, the same ministry, the same business as her, they were able to band together and they found in that neighborhood many people that had been overlooked. And so they were putting together food parcels as the, as the, the lockdown lifted up a little bit, they were able to stitch together some food parcels and go out and share with people. But what it did, it brought openings to share the gospel in that community that they had not had before. They said, we would never have been able to access these people and talk the way we have and share the kingdom with them. So that's just one little illustration of how this crazy time is actually opening up doors for the good news in closed communities. And Indonesia, where, where we work and where we've got quite a few people, uh, we experience the same thing. Most villages had put barricades up. So unless you were a relative or from that village, you weren't allowed to enter or a suburb in a city. So we, we recalibrated our budgets and we put together food parcels and they've been going out. And if you've got food, they'll let you straight into a neighbourhood. And so our folks have been going into selected neighbourhoods and they've been going and visiting uh, believers that they've already got, taking these food parcels that are divided into five and then the local person who receives it nominates five people that they go and visit. But there's a catch. These little food parcels come with a simple message when the food parcel is delivered, either of the good news of the kingdom or of discipleship. And so that's one way that our folks have been getting around, getting around, literally around barricades that have prevented uh, people uh, to interact together. Um, yeah. Online, online has been going crazy. Just within, with our organisation around the world, our online presence of evangelism and training and mentoring has gone up at least 10 times. I'm currently coaching a group of 10 people in Perth who have uh, banded together to do online evangelism and they've already led three people to, to the Lord and they're working on forming groups uh, which are remote in both Australia and New Zealand through online evangelism and mentoring and discipleship. So these sort of things, uh, obviously nothing's new, but what has happened is it's, it's been increased dramatically and doors that look shut, actually not shut at all. God's mightily at work in the world. Some of our folks in Indonesia have led others to Christ through, through the um, method that I've just shared earlier with you. So look, doors are not shut. Uh, it's just what, what, what our eyes see fool us. God has got a way to get around that. Um, people feel like God's abandoned them through this. The question is justice. Is God really just? Uh, last Sunday night, I was, I was on the streets with the Fishers of Men guys in the, the city of Brisbane at night. Uh, they're my heroes. They're the gospel heroes. And so I'm, I was out with them. And uh, there's a lot of people, you know, that just been overlooked in, in, in society. And they're there uh, when you know how to look for them. And so uh, most people actually were quite open, really. And the Fishers guys, Fishers of Men, have uh, food deliveries and also to pray for people. Uh, there was one guy who we were talking to. He said, look, in all this stuff, uh, you know, where's God? It's a good question, a really good question. Uh, and he said, I don't believe this stuff. I don't see it, he said. I don't see it. Where is God? I don't see it. Uh, you know, unbelief uh, is the inability or the unwillingness to see where God's at work. You know, that was the sin of Israel, unbelief. They, they refused 
to acknowledge uh, where God was working in their world. And they either uh, deliberately didn't want to see that because it exposed the darkness in their lives, or they just didn't care. And so unbelief at its root is this inability to see where God's at work. And, you know, in this season, people have really big questions. Where is God in all of this? Where's the justice of God through this? But faith sees that God's at work. And, of course, Jesus is the perfect example of God at work uh, revealed to us. Now, coming to Luke 4 again, let's go to uh, uh, back to that passage. It's a, quite a long chapter. It starts out with the temptation of Jesus. And then uh, Jesus goes out into villages and God's mightily at work. He goes to his own hometown, which is Nazareth, where he grew up. And he stands up. And as I shared last week, he reads Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. And it all seems to be going really well. But he actually missed a line within that. He failed to read it. And that one line that he missed out got them really angry. To make it worse, Jesus told two stories after he had read Isaiah 61. And both those stories was about God's favour, one through Elijah, uh, God's favour on non-Jews, on Gentiles. And so they get so angry with Jesus they take him out to a cliff and they want to throw him over the edge. Why did they get so angry? You see, the, the verse of scripture that Jesus missed out is the one that, that religious Jews really liked. It's the bit they hung on to because it, it goes like this. It says, and you read down verse 2, uh, verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Uh, and the day of judgment of our God, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Jesus missed out the bit about the judgment of God. And so they felt, is this man not loyal to us? Is he not a true Jew who hates, who hates the non-Jews? But here is Jesus telling two stories from the Old Testament about God's favour on the non-Jews. And so the combination of of missing that verse of scripture, which they held on to, God's going to get them, you see. They got so annoyed, so angry, they want to kill him, literally. And so they could not see that God was at work. Right in front of them, right in front of them is the perfect holiness of God, Jesus. And he says, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. They could not see it. They failed to recognise that God was at work right in their midst. And they fail to recognise that actually the non-Jews are objects of God's favour, not of God's judgment. And the same today. You know, we, we need to be looking at the world as uh, where God wants to favour, wants to come, wants to visit and turn up in his goodness and demonstrate his love. So many people are feeling like God is, well, he's just abandoned us. There is no God. Like the guy on the street says, well, I don't see it. That, that, that there is a God. And so um, Isaiah 61 captures for us the spirit and the essence of the kingdom of God, how, how God works through us and how he wants to touch the world 
like our next door neighbor, Dawn, who's so oppressed uh, and knows it. And so it begs the question here, who's our enemy? You see, the Jews, the Jews thought that the non-Jews were their enemy. When in Jesus' mind, they're actually people for him to favor and to bless. And so it raises the question, who, who are God's enemies? If Isaiah has the scripture here, um, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of judgment of our God, what's this scripture talking about? Well, when you read the rest of Isaiah of Luke chapter 4, you, you see exactly who are the enemies of God. And when you come to uh, verse 34, this is just after the Nazareth experience where they try and throw him over a cliff, we see the enemies of God, they're spiritual enemies. They're enemies that afflict communities and afflict people. And it says here in verse 34, uh, he went down from Nazareth to Capernaum and he went to the synagogue and there was a man there who had an unclean spirit and the, the demon says this, uh, leave us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God, says the demon in the presence of everybody else. And so the demons knew who Jesus was. They knew he was the perfect beauty, glory. He was the, the holiness of God in the flesh. And that really, really caused them to be dislodged from their place. Then you go a little further in the story. We're still in Luke 4, talking about who are the enemies of God. Um, verse 41 and the demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And it says Jesus rebuked them and uh, they came out of people. So, so what we've got here is uh, a world that seems that God is not at work in at the moment, where in fact he is. Uh, we need eyes of faith to see where God is at work. We need to know who the enemies of God truly are and to uh, look to Jesus' holiness in our life and in, and in the way we conduct ourselves. And we need to lean into God. This, this is a season to get ready. There's a word that I've just had running around in my head for about six months, and I want to share it with you. Friends, get ready. Uh, get ready in your own life. Discover afresh the holiness of God as I shared last week about uh, there's things in our own life that oppress us and, and hold us captive and so forth. And, and the holiness of God wants to touch us in that area. Uh, but it's the holiness of God that produces the love of God. Because God loves a world that's, that's unholy. And he wants to bring that back to himself. And so the anointing of Isaiah 61 is so important in these days. People need to see and feel and understand that God has not abandoned them, that this is not a season that, that uh, is, has no meaning to it. It has a lot of meaning to it. And for us as God's people, you know, let's lean in. Uh, let's personally get ready. Let's, let's see spiritual awakening in our lives and remember that 
Isaiah 61, 1 to 3 is the anointing that's on us as God's people. And uh, I, I, I believe, and I'm, we're already seeing this uh, in our missionary work, we're already seeing that God is truly at work in this season. He's not, he's not abandoned uh, the non-Jews. He's not abandoned the Gentiles who don't know him. His, his favour is greatly toward them. And uh, I want this to be a season where we experience God's favour afresh. And I want this to be a season where we are able to share that favour with others. You know, when I was on the streets last night with the fishers, uh, last Sunday night with the fishers of men guys, um, you got to be pretty bold on the streets. And, and these fishers guys, oh, they're my heroes, you know, they're bold as anything. And uh, they'll just pray for anybody and offer a prayer. Out of about 15 people that I think uh, we talked with, I encountered, um, only a couple of people said no to being prayed for. They didn't understand who God was and said, well, I don't really believe it, mate. But when we said, look, can we pray for you in your situation? They said, yes. You know, you just got to be bold and ask. People can only say no. But it's an opportunity for God's blessing and favour to come on people when we pray for them. So let's just look to the Lord. I'm going to finish up in prayer right now and, and uh, let's go to our breakout groups. Lord, come afresh. Come afresh with your holiness. Come afresh with the spiritual awakening of Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. Uh, give us a fresh glimpse of Jesus, Lord, and work in and through uh, our family, friends, neighbours and co-workers, Lord. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.